Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. That even sounded, it, it was a tenor sound, wasn't it, Peter? Oh, oh, boy, he gets really leaning on it with the lower body. Oh, that hurt wow. right there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to That One's OB. Daniel here alongside DJ. We have what the we're fuck gonna is we're gonna happening. be honest. So I we we have no idea where to start this this episode off with. Th- this is I th- I th- I think we should start with the fact that um, the memorial happened. It was a golf tournament. Billy Horschel won by four, and that's what we're gonna say about that because. We are at the point where live golf is here. It is started. It is real. Like this is this is happening, and we are so far behind on this because we we recorded last week's podcast. I think a couple hours before the name list dropped, and uh, so now we're really far behind as they've already played the first round. Right. So DJ, how are we feeling? Yeah. How are so we feeling? I mean. Chaotic. I, I feel like we're doing a disservice to the, the listeners if we spend more than a couple seconds on the, on the memorial because, honestly, we don't really care too much about it, so we know that y'all don't care much about it. Um, so we're just going to mention honestly, that it happened, and that's about all. We kind of forgot uh, in the prep of this. We were have so much live golf stuff that it got to the point where uh, we forgot what tournament was last week. Yeah. So – if that says anything about how memorable it was, um, that that's that's pretty much that. Let's get into it first. We have to backtrack basically a full week to when the original players list got announced, and yep. we haven't even we didn't even react to this uh, on the podcast. But I guess some of the big names that some that we were expecting and some that we weren't obviously seeing Phil on there is not a surprise seeing Kevin Na on there not a surprise um Poulter Westwood Oosthuizen Sergio Graham McDowell none of these guys were big surprises right no yeah not at I all I think the two the two that really stuck out are Dustin Johnson and Taylor Gooch yeah, D- DJ was that. That was a weird one. That that really caught me out of left field because it was it was the, like you mentioned. It was the usuals. It was the guys we expected. And then once they released the list, it was kind of headlined by DJ. And I was like, "Well, because that is. I mean, that's that's one of the best players in the PGA Tour in the past ten years. He's probably top three. He, he's in the past in the past ten years. No, he's no doubt like a Hall of Famer for sure. He he is it, like up until this point." He had a career enough where he could have retired and been a Hall of Famer in golf. And he's the 15th ranked player in the world right now. And uh, I, I don't remember what it is, 125, 150 million? 125. I'm just to sure. go, 125 just to go play in these events. Disregarding the fact that he's playing for a $25 million purse for eight tournaments. Also, didn't realize that the. Um, Season-long points race culminates in the winning individual getting $18 million. Yeah, which is silly. And, like, second gets, I think, close to $10 million. Third gets and maybe six. All the all the team aspects, too. There, there's a lot of prize money I, in, the, in the team part, too. The, I think the winning team splits um, splits three mil. Each player gets 750 k 
That is crazy. From the event. And then I think like the winning team gets like $1.75 million each if at the end of the season. Honestly, I really like while watching. So today is it's Thursday night. The first round has already happened. I know we're going just a little bit forward. I just want to mention this real quick. The first round of the Live Golf Tour has already happened. So we're going to kind of react to that. But whenever they put up the graphic on the broadcast about, you know, breaking down how much you get for winning second, third, and then how much the team gets. And they really, they put those numbers up there and you actually just visualize those numbers. And you're like, wow, this is happening. And these players are going to get this money. It, it like, I didn't believe it's, it it's that it was really going to happen. Staggering amount of yeah. money. And real quick, I, 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 I want to say a quick apology to Live Golf. I've been doubting y'all, and I have kind of bashed y'all on this very podcast. Um, I didn't have much faith in you at all. I'm not going to lie. I thought the the broadcast and everything was going to be horrible, and I thought y'all were going to get no one. I was I was wrong. I'll give it to you. You got some good players, and the broadcast was actually very watchable, and I actually I actually quite enjoyed it. So I will I will you know eat that one. It, it's it's super interesting because I feel like we've talked about live golf in some capacity in almost every episode that we've done in the history of this podcast. We're on episode I don't know seventeen now, yeah. and I feel like in almost every single episode it has been brought up in some capacity, and it's become a running joke that like we cannot talk about live golf for this episode. But there's a reason for it, and that it, it's finally here. It's happened, and. All of this talk and leading up to it, hopefully, I I mean, I know for us has made us a lot more prepared for now when this is actually happening. We kind of know what's going on, but hopefully for the listeners as well, like we've kind of talked about this and everything leading up to it. And now the fact that it's finally here uh, is kind of the payoff for for everything that we've talked about and seeing like being able to like watch the broadcast and look at like the infrastructure that they've built on this golf course and see that prize money and be like, holy shit, this is real. Yeah. Like I remember when we first started talking about it, our number one doubt was like, there's no way they actually have this money and they're going to throw this money at like golf. Yeah. And here we are where they're probably going to be all in for a couple billion dollars this year. I, I, I really did think it'd be more of a joke and I thought it'd honestly be kind of a disservice to golf. I did not think the production would be very well. I did not think the infrastructure on the course would, would look visually appealing. I didn't give them much of a chance, and I was kind of blown away. And also around that 18th green where they had like the 54 club or whatever. and and they have Big like, missed opportunity there, by the way. They have to name that Studio 54 uh, just for the culture. I mean, yeah. But yeah. big missed opportunity. Any, anyway, they – it, I, I thought that was actually pretty cool. It's kind of like an exclusive spot to be, and then they had like music performers after. So it's just it's kind of a it's kind of a it's a pretty cool event, and you you can go there and watch a tournament in four and a half hours. You don't have to spend all day you know at a golf tournament to watch all your favorite players. I I, I was pleasantly surprised and and kind of blown away by it. So honestly, we'll we'll get in we'll get into the actual broadcasts and everything first. Let's let's try to go in like somewhat chronological order here. Sorry, yeah. Um, but the other name, obviously, DJ on that list is is kind of surprising, but he is kind of the perfect face for this, right? Because he can kind of claim not innocence or ignorance, but it's DJ, right? Are you calling him dumb? I'm calling him um, dumb. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, he's not not dumb. He he he's very smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, he's 
literally just doubled his career earnings. Or or, but, or or hear me out. What if he's just playing all of us and he just plays this like dumb persona just so he doesn't have to do all like I don't know. So, just not, so, he, so he sets anybody. the bar really low and nobody expects much out of him intellectually. And, and so, and so way, when he goes over and does something perfect, like this. He's the perfect face for this, right? Because he goes over and everybody's like, ah, well, it's DJ, whatever. Right? Yeah, I, he really hasn't gotten too much backlash, honestly. Because, it, like, if it, if it was, like, a Spieth or JT or Rory that, or other that guys that are kind weird. of comparable world rankings, that, that is bad. That's, that's big. But for DJ, it's just like, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Like so far, every guy that has been on this list or rumored to be on this list, for me, nobody's been a bigger surprise than Taylor Gooch. Really? Because I mean, you look at these guys like Matt Wolf going makes sense. Like he's kind of really struggled to find a footing in the first couple of years that he's been on tour. And especially you look at some of the guys that were from his class. You look where Hovland is. You look where Morikawa is, and then you look where Wolf is. Like that makes sense. Um, People like Bubba, Bryson, Patrick Reed, it, it just makes sense, right? Yeah. It, it's it's almost like if they could just cut it right now and say, okay, everybody who's left has left and everybody who's still on the PGA Tour could stay. Like, I don't really think that too many people would be unhappy with that. Mm-hmm. But Taylor Gooch is the one that, that is kind of tough. 35, 35th ranked player in the world, young guy. Like, in consideration for President's Cup, like, this is his first kind of big kind of breakout year. He's been playing really well. He seems like one of those perfect, like, early on PGA Tour stereotype guys. And seeing him leave this early as a young guy like this, that that took me kind of off guard. See, so I, I guess you, you could say that, but I could also go the other way around. So you, you said he ha- he's having a breakout year, sure, but he one he hasn't won this year. He's not. I I don't. He's, I don't really don't think he's ever going to become like a really big household name, like a Spieth or a or a JT or anyone like that. And he's like, you know what? I'm I'm young. I'm I'm an up and coming guy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go over to this live golf tour, and I'm not gonna necessarily be the face of it, but I'm gonna be one of the main attractions. L- like you mentioned, he was a guy that stuck out to you, like. He can go there and try to like grind it out and maybe become, you know, I mean, at, at best, what he's a five time, I mean, five to seven time PJ Tour winner at best. Or he can go to this live golf right, tour and make a also, bunch of money and kind also, of get in the face of it. But also, like, you know, you kind of have the legacy things. And obviously, we've been kind of been proven wrong that, that money is money over legacy, anyways. But I mean, no, no President's Cup, no Ryder Cups. He's never going to be able to really participate in those. And um, I, I guess, like, probably not a household name, but he's definitely got the talent to be maybe like a Billy Horschel type or a Keegan Bradley or kind of one of those guys, maybe even like a Kevin Na, like that's just kind of solid golfer, kind of stuck around. People know him because he's good but he's not like a massive name like Spieth or so, JT. So are, are you are you saying and you know you're talking about legacy and I think legacy really really does matter for like obviously like the Tiger Woods and and the Jordan Spieths and, and I, like those like top 20 golfers of all time guys, right? But when you get down to, you mentioned Keegan Bradley like if you have have a legacy of like Keegan Bradley like in 
10 years, everyone forgets who you are. I, I'm looking at just like the, the world rankings at, at the end of 2005. Um, and just like some of the guys like Nick O'Hearn, Bart Bryant, Paul McGinley, Tim Clark, these are all guys inside, like that were all inside of the top twenty-five in the world in two thousand five. Well, and like we know, just, we know, we know Tim Clark, Paul McGinley does. Yeah, okay, uh, we know his name, but is now. is having that legacy worth, you know, giving up? I'm sure he's when it's all said and done on the Live Golf Tour, he's going to make close to a hundred million dollars. Maybe he probably got. He probably it, got. It kind of depends. What do you think he got for it? Thirty-five. Yeah, that's kind of what that's what I was thinking. So a hundred maybe hundred mils may be a little aggressive, but. My point is like legacy. I mean, is it really depends yes, on, on, but I don't think for a guy like Taylor Gooch, I don't think he's. It he's, depends on the longevity of the actual Live Golf Tour because for sure. I mean, the, the the thing is like hell. This thing could end after this year. It, it probably won't because they'll just keep throwing money at it. But this, there is a possibility that this just ends after this year, and all of these guys are kind of left out to dry, and suddenly they don't have a place to play. I mean, sure. I I mean. I really don't see this being gone in a year just because of the the amount of players that they have over there. Like if if they didn't get yeah. get that many names over there, I could, you know, maybe see they they tried to pull people over with money and th- the legacy of the PGA Tour was just too much and, and the PGA Tour won, o- won over too many guys, but they're getting like solid names to where this is not just going to be a one-year thing. I don't uh, <sighs> Maybe maybe for all the rumor the rumor mill now, but when that list initially came out, there was no Phil on it, there was no Bryson on it. So if you had taken DJ and Gooch off that list, or even like just DJ off that list, I think that would have been really underwhelming. Uh, me, because yeah, maybe a little bit, but I think a lot of people just like we were watching it today. Once this kind of gets going, and people see that. You know, not necessarily that it's legit, but like that there is some serious backing to it, and they're not playing around. Like this is they're actually like trying to make a real thing out of this. I think a lot more guys, like we've seen even just today, are starting to starting to shift their mindset on it. Yeah, but I, I think DJ is the only one that kind of gave this some legitimacy, right? People are paying attention because DJ's there, like P, from from PGA on a PGA tour basis, like. We even heard this today with, uh, I don't know if it was Roy or JT, said like, yeah, or it was, it was Scotty who said, yeah, not much is different. I didn't even really notice anybody's gone besides maybe DJ. I mean, yeah, and for the PGA that's Tour. That's kind of yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. But right? th- like, there are still I, a on the PGA guys. Tour, On the PGA Tour metric of like good golfers, it, it, it doesn't really hold up, right? If you take DJ and Gooch off, and, and obviously this was before Phil, who's the best player on this list? Um, Louis Eustazen, Sergio Garcia, like yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, these are not. Uh, it, it, like, like I, I, I hear what you're saying about the really the only guy in this first event that they took from being in contention and you know having a real cha- chance week in went out to win tournaments on the PGA Tour was DJ, and you know, right. But he's the one who's now going to give us legitimacy because now rumor mill working the way it does. Um, Live Golf released a promo video today that featured Matt Wolf and Bubba Watson. So I think it's pretty much safe to say that they're hopping over. Um, Bryson has already resigned from the PGA Tour as, lo- as well as Patrick Reed. So Bryson and Reed are going to be over there. Uh, I've heard rumors from Pat Perez and Kokrak. Uh, actually, what I heard from Kokrak is he was in negotiations with Live Golf and they 
quote, didn't meet his number, which is sick. For Pat Perez? First of all, that... No, no, for Kokrak. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which is so sick because, one, Kokrak has a number. That's awesome. (laughs) And then, two, if Live Golf couldn't meet it, that means you know it was some absurd number. (laughs) That's actually... Kokrak goes into the interview and just big dogs the guys that live and it's like i need this number 100 mil right now yeah and he's like and he's like i know you got the money i know you got the money that's yeah. not no short and then that. the and then the other big one obviously is brothers playing in this but brooks kepka brooks would be brooks is a, a big land a brooks might okay dj's probably a bigger land than brooks but it's close but it, but landing brooks as a follow up right so if you get dj for event 1 and then you get Brooks, Bryson, Reed, Bubba, and Wolf for event two. That's a squad. That's a big step. Yeah. That's a big step in the right direction. Um, and it's really difficult to kind of judge because, I, honestly, we don't really see Brooks in many normal PJ Tour events anyways. No. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it still kind of feels like a blow for the PJ Tour. Um so uh, I think that uh, covers most of. Uh, honestly, real quick on I'm the sorry, real quick on the on the Brooks thing. You mentioned how DJ is kind of a perfect face of the brand for this live golf, and I agree. I also think that Brooks is such a good face for it too. He like eight, eight events sure. a year, big purses. That is just that is Brooks so heaven. Uh, uh, slight correction: it's eight events this year. Next year they're looking at fourteen. Okay, well. So yeah. the actually, from my understanding, the the reasoning to put it at fourteen is that it basically uh, it almost prices the PGA Tour out of the market, right? Because most of these top level guys are only playing between sixteen and twenty events per year. Yeah, you don't see like big PGA Tour names playing week in week out. Yeah, so having fourteen events leaves room for the four majors and puts you at eighteen events for the year, and that's. Most of these guys, that's a full schedule. That's that's crazy. If if it turns into like if if the non-major PJ Tour events become obsolete, like nobody is like like the the non the non-major PJ Tour events are like this first live um live golf week, that could get weird cuz if guys if most of the top guys in the world play those 14 events for live and then the four majors on the PJ Tour, that is bizarre. Yep, that is. Well, that's sticky. I think that's where they're they're going with it, but um, it, it it is really just like a it's a weird dynamic, and we're at a weird point where it's literally just like a war between legacy and money and money. Yeah, that's yeah. it's yeah that's yeah, yeah pretty much. Whenever I was just saying about how you know fourteen events in the live golf and then four majors, it's literally just fourteen events to go get your money, four events for legacy. Pretty much. Which is, that is, uh, what a weird and time like, in I mean, golf. Now you got to be wondering what next year's players is going to look like. <laughs> Just because you, at some point when you start getting too many good guys on the live golf thing, then when you have high level PGA tour events, some of them are going to have an asterisk on them, right? It, it's de- if it's, you're like, it's, Oh, it's, we just had, we just had the players championship, but eight of the top 15 players in the world weren't there. Yeah. That's going to have an asterisk on it for, for whatever it is. Just like the, the, I mean, less so than this, but like the November masters, 
that's that's probably less stigma because it's still the masters but having you know what's supposed to be the pinnacle of your of your sport or, or of your tour and having half of your top players missing that that's it's not a good look yeah it's definitely going to restructure and, w- what we like value as you know a w- what win is better than another one and what's going to get really interesting is if live does become the tour right if more and more people start moving over obviously they're going to start bumping out the bottom players right yeah so then you know hudson swafford turk pettit um all, all these kind of guys who are lower and on this totem pole, they're going to get kicked out. And where are they going to go play? They're banned from the PGA Tour and all affiliate tours, so their only choice is to go to the Asian Tour. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. I didn't really think about that. Like the guys that that are probably only going to be on here for a couple events, and then and then get kicked off once bigger and better names come. That is. Yep. That is going to be weird. Yep. Yeah, because a guy like. A guy like Hudson Swafford, I know he's kind of our, our running joke on this on this podcast, but he's not a guy that like if you know if the dust is settled two years from now, he's off this live golf tour. They, I'm not saying they lift the ban, but they're a little bit more lenient with guys going over. Hudson Swafford's not a guy that the PGA Tour is like, oh, we need him back, and like, yes, we'll take you back. Right? He's not one of those guys. If like DJ maybe wanted to come back in in two years. Once the dust is settled, I could maybe see some sort of negotiation happening. But for a guy like Swafford, yeah, he's not going that, back. That's not a situation. That's not a situation I see happening. I don't see that. I don't see that happening so much as like, you know, there's just too many good players. There's only 48 players on this league, so there's just too many good players. And Hudson Swafford's not top 48, and so he's just not qualified. Not qualifying in this event. So so where does he go? And and so right right now, that is the Asian Tour. So he, also, um, let's, also let's move up a little okay, bit. Yeah, go for oh, it. sorry, go for it. I was just gonna say. Also, he could just be making so much money, even if he's just on here for a year. To he were uh, to the point where he's like, "All right, I'll just kind of you know, not call it, but you know." I like, mean, this is pure speculation. But what do you think a guy like Hudson Swafford's getting paid to play in this? Um, couple million. I, I've I've heard the number for Puig and Piot was a like. I heard two or three million. That seems high to me, but probably, probably. I mean, no more than five million. I would say, but even if he plays the whole season, gets dead last in all the events, he's getting like close to a million dollars. He's still making. He's still making a top. Like, and he's probably going to get a top ten in one one of them. Anyway, let's let's move on. Okay, let, let's let's move up a little bit. So we'll go to. I guess this was yesterday, where or two days ago, where we had the draft. And the first ever golf draft. Um, it blows my mind that they're spending this much money on players and setting up the tournaments, and they couldn't hire a better graphic designer. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, you have your take because for the it. name, the names and logos are bad. I mean, we'll we'll come out and say it; they're bad. They are really bad. So we'll go through the names really quickly. Four aces, and and they try to do this just like soccer, right? So you have uh, FC, right? You have LAFC or like Dallas FC, FC Dallas, right? Yeah. So the uh, football club, they try to do the same thing here. So it's four aces GC. So I mean, you have four aces, high flyers, punch, cliques, iron heads, smash, 
Stinger, Majestics, Crushers, Fireballs, which I've seen both two words and one word. It's different on their website than it is on their merch, <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, Niblix and Torque. So okay, that, that's R- real quick. I, I'm gonna like, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. If you had a team, what would you name it? If all those names are bad, what would you name it? I'm gonna put you on the spot. And and and, I mean, and, 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 and if you think these are so bad, I want to hear a non cringy name. I think you can literally look at 98% of any colleges like and take a college mascot name or take any like some sort of mascot that's an well, but, animal but, but, or also, something. Also these- we were just talking about it. I, if I had to name a team, I'd name it the Gamecocks. Like, yeah, okay, but <laughs> all, these, all these have like something go. to do with golf. So like it's kind of hard to make it like a cool name like kind of related to golf like stinger yeah but it's also fireball yeah. punch yeah aces. but it's like it, it's oh, like okay r- r- real quick aces is cool four aces is cool it's four aces by the way yeah there's, there's four, four of them four aces is pretty cool for a golf team name well, four aces yeah is okay cool. that's not bad but saying oh yeah dude I'm a big Ironheads fan that sounds like <laughs> I'm a like I'm talking about a band not a golf team of course that's Kevin Nas team. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> and of course, Fireball is a Sergio. But, but you never answered my question. What? About what would you name it if these names are so bad? Uh, Gamecocks. Okay, the Gamecocks has nothing to do with golf. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's impossible. And like Stinger. It doesn't like, have to. But you don't have to name it after golf. There's no football besides Washington football team. There's no <laughs> football team that like They're actually the commanders says now. anything related to football. Fair right? enough. Fair point. Fair point. I hear you. And same thing in, in any of these sports. Like you're not referencing the sport in your team name. It's a mascot. Well, this right? is the live golf. We're innovating over here. Okay. When did yeah, I become well, a live golf side? This is weird. I, I we kind of switched sides. I don't know. I don't like this I at was all. a big I was a big live golf guy, and you were a big PGA Tour guy. Well, and now I, I, I just feel hated like I'm talking more about the live PGA Tour side before there were any yeah, anything like, worth of substance. I just didn't like talking about a bunch of like speculation. But it's here. Like, we literally just played the first round. And, like, it's, and, it's and, so and, bizarre. And that's why I'm down to talk about it, and I'm kind of excited. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. So uh, you, let, let's continue on in the draft. We got kind of carried away with the names. but Okay, but the from the videos I've seen, it looked pretty cool. You had an open bar. You had a lot of it guys does, there. They yeah. did it like a, a, like a literally like a normal actual draft. And... I could definitely see if this becomes a once a year thing because right now the thing that's really stupid is that they're redrafting teams each event. Which that I was about which, to ask you on that because that makes no sense to me because if there's like team rankings like throughout the year or like team standings, it's it's because um, it's because they're adding new players constantly. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know. It, it it's kind of dumb, but it'd be really really cool to have. Have a team. Um, well, no, to, to have – if it's a team that sticks for the year, yeah. right, uh, having the top 12 finishers from the year before be the captains for the next year, yeah. and then you have one draft a year, and it's a whole big thing. That'd be awesome. Instead of like – it's going to be cheapened by the fact that there's going to be eight of these, uh, but having like a whole big thing at the start of the year where the 12 previous players – 
like draft their teams for the next year. Yeah. And that gives like more incentive because then they're going to be covering like the fight for 12th, right? Yeah. At the at the at the team at their at the, at the championship event, they're going to be like, "Oh, like these guys are like trying to fight it out for 12th or uh, for 10th, 11th, 12th Dude, so they could be, be captains awesome. next year." And and like imagine like imagine just as a fan like Having a team like you have your you have your NFL team, you have your you know your NBA team that you cheer for. Imagine just like having like like for me, imagine having like a squad of like of a team of just like Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth. Like and you just cheer like for that Dallas team, Boys or and something. you just yeah, you just like cheer for cheer for that team like week in and week out. That like if it's or, if it stays like you said, where it's one draft and then throughout the whole year it's the same team, that would be right. awesome. Or, or like where you have like Stinger right now. That's Brendan Grace, Charles Schwartzel, Henny Duplessis, and Louis Ustase, and all you got all South Africans on the team, right? Yeah. So uh, that'd be cool. Logos are logos that go along with them. God awful. I, I hope they change these in, in the next year. I'm sure they probably will. Yeah. This, this is the one that's been like, you spend all this money and then this is what you get out of it. It's like this is you kind of kind of question where these priorities are. Yeah, fair. <laughs> A little bit. Um, and then honestly, like going through some of these and I, I know that it was like slim pickings, but seeing some of the lower end names on here and obviously they're temporary, but the team for smash GC, you have C1 Kim, (laughs) Scott Vincent, who I actually fuck with, but whatever. And then, uh, Junichiro Kazuma. Hold on, hold on real quick. If you can pronounce this next guy's last name, I'll give you $100. Um, I'm going to have to look at it. Baranatanyarat. Uh, His name is Ethapat Baranatanyarat. <laughs> how many A's are in this guy's name? One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, five? One, two, uh, it, you know, and then you have Six. Viraj Madapa and Hideto Tanahara and Saddam Kwajananajan. I like low it's, rent. It, yeah, gets it, it really it, it really falls off here. quick. It does fall off quick. And, I, and, I, I and we were we were talking about some of the graphics. We were talking about some of the graphics on the on the broadcast. Where like I'm looking at these like these like three letter like abbreviations. I have no idea who these guys are, but. I think if you had their full names up there, you still wouldn't know who they are. And also, like so half these guys, you couldn't fit their full last name on the little screen. Uh, yeah, it just I mean, yeah. So I very I hear you. very true. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Obviously, it falls off quick. Um, kind of a sick play, by the way. Uh, that so Robert Garrigus was the first one to apply for the exemption, and because of all these guys that left, Robert Garrigus actually got into RBC Heritage this week. Yeah, I saw he was playing in it. Yeah. yeah, so he's playing, or sorry, not RBC Heritage, uh, RBC Canadian yeah. Open, but he he's in it only because all these guys left, and he was like the second to last man in. Oh, it's sick. <laughs> Which is so sick. <laughs> I saw. I, I, just I think he awesome. shot like five over or something. So oh, didn't make great, the most of it, but you know, what do you do? Uh, I mean, whatever. But okay, like we've gone through the draft, we've gone through the players. Today we had the golf. Yeah. We had we actually got to watch golf today, and and not PJ Tour golf, and not PJ Tour golf, and like uh, being on low key PJ Tour side. I'm not really sure where I stand on all of this. 
But holy shit, the broadcast was... I mean, I know the bar was so low, but, like, oh my god, being able to, like, watch golf shots and just golf shot after golf shot after golf shot after golf shot and not have 85 commercials and sponsored segments and... Every time they show Top Tracer, they don't have to say, oh, this is presented by Top Tracer. Like, yeah. It, it makes a difference. Like, having mic'd up caddies, having uh, unique, like, angles and shots, and uh, just showing more golf, it, it really shows. Like, you know, especially for us, for diehard golf fans, but even more so for the casual golf fan who's easily distracted and, and you know, throws on golf and then the first commercial comes on and gets bored, right? Yeah. Just showing more golf shots. And obviously the big detriment here is that you're live streaming it on their website, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And they don't have a TV deal. We know about this. They will. But that being said, like for not having a TV deal and however they managed to pull this off, it did a pretty damn good job. Yeah, c- kind of like you mentioned, the bar the bar going in was very low. I, I do think part of the reason why both of us were both pleasantly surprised by how good the broadcast actually was is because it's just something new, different, and exciting. Like it's this is this is a time in golf where nothing like this. I guess maybe whenever this initially happened with who who was it that broke off. Like, like with, oh boy! I mean, we're going, we're going, we're going back yeah, like, like sixty, uh, yeah, years, a while. So. so nothing like this has ever happened in golf, and it's new, it's exciting, and the broadcast kind of, kind of blew me away. I also did like, like their kind of like motto or their saying was like "Don't blink," and then they do like the "Don't blink" thing, and then they show like a bunch of like the good shots that happened in the past like five minutes. Like that was pretty cool. Like yep. all, all of it was, it was fast paced, it was intriguing, it was very nuanced, and I. I I, I I really I was pleasantly surprised. You could have peeped the Twitter for the uh, the tweet today. I tweeted out, uh, "Can I blink yet?" <laughs> but sorry, that was I saw that oh, and no, I was like, "That's that's, that's bad." But uh, <laughs> some guy just staring at his computer but, on streaming it on YouTube, just not blinking. Just can't cannot blink for five minutes straight. <laughs> but it it was like it was the bare minimum, and it was still more than the PGA Tour has done. I mean, yeah, that's I'm I'm so so imagine so the I mean, this live golf's taken, you know, a a couple of good names, a couple of big names from the PJ Tour. Imagine if they start stealing like big name announcers from the PJ Tour. I honestly thought the announcing crew today was pretty good. It, it, it was, but it's also it, I, it's I, nice I, like, it's nice tuning in every Sunday and just kind of hearing the same voices and you're just like, "Ah, okay, this is nice." Yeah, but this this could be that. Maybe, right? maybe, yeah. This could be this could be that. And uh, honestly, like not having Faldo to just like ruin half the stuff, <laughs> kind of nice. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it was <laughs> a nice, nice. Little change of pace. Also, it was very nice this being in London, so that you could wake up in the morning, watch it in the morning, um, have golf in the morning, and then PJ Tour golf later in the day. It was just all day golf. Uh, for us golf nerds, it was great. I just loved being able to wake up and pop on YouTube real quick on my phone while I'm laying in bed. I just got up and watch it, which was sweet. Yep. Yep. Obviously, that's not going to be the case for all the events. Fair. But, I mean, then when they do come to the S, then we got primetime golf. Yeah. So it's a nice – it is definitely a nice change. Um, one of the things that I would I think would be sick, and I don't know if they can do this. I don't know if it's possible. I don't know about that golf course in Jeddah, but – 
for that event in Jeddah, right? If they had, uh, obviously, this is the biggest detriment is like, this is all sick besides the fact that it is funded purely by the Saudi Arabian government. But if they were, I, I mean, if they, I know they're going to do that event in Jeddah, but do it at night. Do it like Formula One. Night, night, night golf would night be and, sweet. And throw a ton of lights up everywhere and broadcast it like prime time in the U.S. That would actually be so sick. Do it just like Formula One does. That would and, be awesome. And be like, have it like they tee off at like 10 p.m. That would be crazy. Because th- it that would be that that would be even even people who like kind of hate like live and die by the PGA Tour and hate this live golf thing even them at that point would be like all right this is kind of cool like this is something you would never ever 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 see on the PGA Tour and then like and then like they they finish the event and then obviously then you can have a big concert and you can do fireworks and you can literally just go crazy with it just like formula 1 and obviously honestly like it's very clear that they are taking a lot of inspiration from formula 1 that pole on the left side of the uh of the leader of the screen that had the leaderboard on it is directly from Formula Copy One, pasted. but it it is nice to have a like leaderboard that is always there that you can see actively move even when you don't get to see the golf shot that caused it. Also, right? also real quick, I will say there were a couple times where the guy would move up on the leaderboard and like then they'd show his putt, like of him making it. So like he'd move up on the leaderboard. I mean, you can't cover you can't cover everything. I, I, I yeah, I, I guess maybe if there's a way to like I mean, delay that, that, that happens, if they know they're that showing. happens that happens plenty of times in the PGA Tour as well. That's happened on the PGA Tour broadcast fair, as well. Fair enough. On Sunday with people in contention, which is like that how that happens is beyond me. Like at least today it was, you know, some guy who was not in contention and you know fair enough, first fair day, enough. first round yep. of the event. But um, I, I, there's really not a ton that can be said about this other than like they did the bare minimum and at that at this point like that's good enough for us i mean i i wouldn't say they did the bare minimum i mean what do you want them to do like if if, if this is the bare minimum i wouldn't say that you know that's a little stretch i mean their whole thing is like innovating like what about today was innovative i mean how it's really difficult. I mean, th- one, this was also their first time. Like, let let let, let them you know sink into it, adjust a little. No, no, bit. I, I understand that, but but it, it wasn't far off from a normal PGA Tour broadcast. The only thing that was quote unquote innovative is the fact that they don't have sponsors, so they don't run ads. I mean, I mean, and they showed a lot more shots. There was a lot faster pace. Like, you're still showing golf. Like, how how much can you really innovate? I, I get there's some no, there's no, some yeah, ticky no, tack sure, things you can do, sure. but at the end of the day, you're just showing golf shots. Right, but this is stuff that we've asked the PGA Tour to do for so long. Fair. You know? Like, we've been saying, mic up the caddies, mic up the players. We've been saying, like, show more golf. This is stuff that we've been wanting from the PGA Tour for such a long time, and for one reason or another, we're not getting it. Fair enough. But let's talk a little bit about the PGA Tour response to this. Yeah. Um, because this this is going to shape how this event and this whole series is going forward um as i struggle to find 
<laughs> the article. Uh, the article that has it on it. But essentially what we learned is the PGA Tour has suspended indefinitely all of the players who are playing in this event uh, or in this series. And that includes the guys who have already resigned their, their membership. Yeah. Whether or not this is legal, who knows? Yeah. Um, whether or not this will stick, again, we don't really know what Also, also I, I, I feel like... I feel like that was at this point in time the only response that the PGA Tour could do. It they kind of had to not like man up, but Live Golf kind of blew people away and got some some bigger guys that they didn't expect. The broadcast was pretty good. The PGA Tour had to step up and be like, okay, you know, we're 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 suspending players if they go up there. You kind of had to. You couldn't just be like you know, big dick like this and and not have somewhat of a of a response, like uh, somewhat of like a power move response. So I think it was really the or- only warranted response and response that I, you know, I think we all kind of expected. The only question that I really think is is a problem for, you know, guys going over and it would it would probably deter some guys from going to the Live Golf Tour is what are we doing with majors? I agree. So really quickly before we get to the majors, the kind of the meat and potatoes from this letter here from the PJ Tour uh, in accordance with the PGA Tour tournament regulations, the players who have resigned their membership will be removed from the FedEx Cup points list when the official statistics following the RBC Canadian Open are posted on Sunday evening. To be clear, these players will not be permitted to play in PGA Tour tournaments as a non-member via sponsor exemption or any other eligibility category. For those who haven't yet resigned... We will ensure that they will not negatively infect your tournament eligibility, your positions in the world rankings, or your, ineligib- your eligibility to complete to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs. We will update you as we work through this process. That was interesting to me. I didn't realize that for people who haven't resigned, they will still be able to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah. Which I, that's weird, but to me. Also, if 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 that's the case, and if you know that now, why in the world would you resign from the PJ Tour? I think it, it, at least kind of keep that door cracked. Like, don't completely slam the main, that door shut. The main, the main reason I'm assuming is for the majors, since we don't know how the majors are going to work. I think for. For example, the USGA, right? If you qualified for the US, for uh, for the U.S. Open, and then you get suspended from the PGA Tour, you're probably going to be suspended and not be able to play in the U.S. Open. Whereas, if you resign from the PGA Tour, but you already qualified for the U.S. Open, since you're not facing disciplinary action, you will still be able to play in the U.S. Open. But I mean, yeah, okay, I, I hear you. That being said. The US the USGA has come out and said that they pride themselves in being the most inclusive and open event uh, in golf. And if a player has qualified, regardless of where they're currently playing, they will be allowed to play. Which I, I feel like that was a no brainer on their side. That that was I mean you, I, you had to you could agree. not you could not ban the guys from live from playing in the US Open. The US Open they're just 
that 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 was a no brainer. I'm glad I 100% they, they agree. didn't you know fumble that bag. Uh, the one tournament that I am expecting more blowback from is the Masters. Oh yeah, it's, especially because cause they're like the tradition tournament. They have all these like traditions of it's uh, Augusta, you know, yeah. right? Like they're gonna be dickheads about it. Yeah. That's 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 kind of their thing. Okay, well, <laughs> but at the same time, it's really tough that at this point, seven of the last fifteen winners of the Masters are playing on the Live Golf Tour. No, is that the number? I, I believe so. That I, I is, could be misquoted on that. It might be major winners, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that was Augusta. That, that is that crazy. Been masters, but, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, wow. it's nuts. And then also, like, like what about those, you know, the, the winner's dinner before? Where were the, you know... The champions. The champions. Yeah. yeah, the winners. That number guy. doesn't sound right, but, uh, I mean, you have DJ, you have Phil, you have Patrick Reed. I'm trying to think who else on that... It might be on that list. Um, um, I, 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 that could have that been way off, uh, but, I mean, you definitely have at least some previous Masters yeah, winners. Yeah. Who are are not playing? In, so it's in, like, what in the world are they doing for the champions dinner? Dinner? Are they not invited? That's a really because good question. It's so like, I mean, what are we doing? They, they still won the tournament. Like, you can't punish them that hard for just wanting rumor, to play in a different tour. The rumor that I heard, um, and this is again speculation, is that Danny Willett reached out asking about this before he was gonna sign up for Danny Willett. Golf, Danny Willett should not be allowed to go to the champions dinner it. anyway. <laughs> put your Danny Willett grudge aside, and 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 you can at least give him this. So he was informed that anybody who went over to the Live Golf Tour would not be welcome on the grounds of Augusta National. Which I, which that that is not surprising at all. Like like we just mentioned before, it's Augusta. They're gonna be you know they ban you from the grounds. No Champions Dinner. No tournament. No spectating. Nothing. That's I mean, come on. That's a little silly. And you're talking about your 2020 champion here. Yeah, that's a little silly. It, it, I mean, holy crap. And then uh, the statement from Live Golf comes out and says, quote, Today's announcement by the PGA Tour is vindictive, and it deepens the divide between the Tour and its members. It's troubling that the Tour, an organization dedicated to creating opportunities for golfers to play the game, is, is the entity blocking golfers from playing. This certainly is not the last word on this topic. The era of free agency is beginning as we are proud to have a full field of players joining us for London and beyond. From Live Golf. So, mm. I, I mean, they got a point. But I just like I, I really don't know where this goes from here. And on to your point about what the majors are gonna do, like that seems like the big question mark in this are majors and then OWGR points. If yeah. they can somehow I, I just, find a way I, to, that they can still play in all four majors and they can get OWGR points for live golf events. I don't see this stopping. I completely agree. And it's like, I don't see how, you know, I'm just going to use Dustin Johnson as, as an example because he's already there and he just won the Masters recently. Like, there's, I mean, I know you, I know you already said for the Danny Willett thing they're going to ban him from the grounds, but, like, 
are you really banning Dustin Johnson from ever returning to Augusta National? Even like, you know, 20 years down the road? Like, is this really what we're doing? I, it, it, it seems uh, like seem a bit overkill. Like, and, and I know he's going to an, another competitor's tour. And I guess you could just, you know, try to cut ties with him completely. But like, man, that seems harsh. Yeah. I mean, and then just like some things from the PGA Tour press release that were interesting. Um, they won't even let you play in non uh, as a non-member, so there's no sponsors exemptions for individual tournaments. Um, they, I don't know, they, they used the field of RBC as a shining example of the PGA Tour. Um but John Huston got in the field, and I have no idea who that is. So that just doesn't make sense, I guess. And then, yeah, I mean, I mean, for now and the foreseeable for future, in terms of better players, the PGA Tour is going to be the place if you want to consistently play against the best players in the world. Right, but I mean, no, but it but John Huston got in the field at RBC. Sorry, he got in the field at RBC. Right, because I, of right. The, there's going to be a couple guys at the bottom half just because there's yeah, over a yeah. hundred guys in it. Uh, they also like, don't if, say if, if how, you're just worried about. They don't say how long players are suspended for. Which is right, which, I, like which, is it which just for like of, this season. That's what I was saying earlier about this was kind of the response that the PGA Tour had to have. You kind of had to have some sort of hard stance on it, but. Like I mentioned earlier, once the dust settles and this all kind of figures itself out, there's no way that if you've ever played in a live golf event that you are never allowed to play in any sort of PGA Tour event ever again. I just I think there is absolutely no chance that that happens. I, I yeah, I guess I can agree with you. Um, like I, I, I will think that Justin Johnson will play in another Masters. I, I well majors are different. Do you ever think? Do you think he's going to play in the players again? That's a better question. Um, not probably not next year's. I, I don't think uh, I don't think he'll ever play like a players event again, or or like a normal PGA Tour event. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say the players is like a normal PGA Tour event, but but, but it, it is the quote unquote major that is hosted by the PGA Tour. It is the pinnacle of PGA Correct. Tour golf. Fair. Okay. Um, yeah. And then also, quick little nugget in there. Love the fact that the PGA, like in all of their press releases, the PGA Tour still calls it the Saudi Golf League and not Live Golf. <laughs> it's kind of so like we are not dropping this. Like there, yeah. there's like we're not gonna like call you like live golf league. Like you're the Saudi golf league, and that's what we're just gonna keep calling you. Because it, I, it sounds so much sick. like it, it's it sounds so much like worse when you just say the Saudi golf league. It just sounds like some because, like underground thing. Okay, because we haven't really talked about this, but that is a concern, right? Like. The, the, like it where is the money's coming from? Somewhat concerning the fact that there is a force, there is a future that could include the number one, the the best place to play professional golf is on a tour that is completely owned and funded by the Saudi Arabian government. I mean, fair, yeah, it's it's, it's a fair criticism. I mean, that that that's ultimately the. That is the only reason why the purse is so high, and that is 
the main reason why people are, you know, fighting back back against this, unless you're just like a PGA Tour, you know, diehard fan. I mean, it's, it's, think, it's, how do you it's think the, the response it's the good would be, and bad of it? How do you think the response would be if this wasn't bankrolled by Liv? Do you think we would see a lot more players over? I sorry, think if it wasn't bankrolled would, by Saudi, sorry. I think it would be like the PGL, and I think there would be more openness to be, you know, working in conjunction with the PGA Tour. I, I think, think the there would be a tour, lot more coordination within tours. Do you think there's ever a point where the PGA Tour says we've like we fucked ourselves so badly here? It's time to like do a strategic alliance type thing. I mean that <laughs> that would be crazy. I. Uh, like this is probably not a this is probably not a this year so. or next year, but it could definitely be like a five years down the road, and suddenly like literally the top forty eight players are playing in live golf, and the PGA is just like, well, uh, can we be friends? I mean, yes, yes, the live golf has money, but the PGA Tour still has the prestige of everything. They still have all the good TV deals. They still have the good time slots on primetime television. They still have everything legacy related. Like they still have a lot of infrastructure in place that took years and years to to create and there's no amount of money that can create that infrastructure just like within people's perception of it. Like money can't do like, that in, in a year. Yes and no, because those T V deals are in place because People are tuning in to watch the best golfers in the world play golf. And if the best golfers in the world aren't playing golf there anymore and they're playing in the Live Golf Tour, it, they're going to get TV deals. They're, they're going to they're gonna do whatever they can like as broadcasters and as networks to make money off of this, right? So if there's an opportunity for them to uh, – for one of these guys to take over the golf scene – like I know Fox has been out of this now since they left the US Open, but if they picked up Live Golf and then Live Golf becomes the place to play, suddenly Fox becomes like the place to watch golf. Right now it's CBS and NBC yep. Golf Channel kind of together. But there's like a major opportunity or even like really unknown uh channels uh, if you I mean probably obviously it's not going to happen, but it, it Live could start their own. I mean, there, there's so many different ways that this could because, all go. Obviously, because honestly, broadcast on on their website, but there's so m- there's still so many unknowns, and we've been talking about this for so long, and we kept saying, "Where's the player list? Where's the TV deals? Where's everything?" The only thing we really have right now is a player list. We still don't know where this is going to go in the future. I mean, yeah, but at least now there's some substance to kind of like sink your teeth into, so you're not just like, you know banking on conspiracies and speculation all the time. At least there's there's some there's some sort of substance. Yeah. It it's just not it's, it's not just still, oh, who's on the players list and there's still just so, and, and, and so and many also, unanswered questions. Real quick, a quick point about your T V deal. You mentioned Fox. Would a big network like that get heavily scrutinized if if they pick up the Live Golf Tour and they're, you know, now in alliance with the Saudi government essentially like if these players are getting this much slack imagine an entire corporation there's no way the way that corporates or corporations are trying to be you know PC all the time there's no way that 
I don't think a big corporation is taking on this not a dumpster fire, but a well, a, not at a, this point, like a a, po- a political dumpster fire, essentially. N- not You're this throwing point. yourself in the fire. But but I mean, you don't think in in three years when you have like the top twenty five players, you don't think that they're still going to be. It's, I mean, the 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 fact that the reason why people are so upset about this is because it's founded by uh, you know funded by Saudi money. That fact is not going to change, and it doesn't matter if the best players are still are there in three years. That fact will still be there, and that will still be a big deterrent for big corporations picking up this picking up this tour. Right, and, you know, but we also have Sky. We we also have Sky Sports and ESPN broadcasting Formula One from Saudi Arabia. Like, it, it, yeah, it's, yeah, but but they're just hosted. There's in, so that's much a more. S- there's so much more Saudi involvement in so many things that people don't realize. Which I listen. I I'm kind of just playing devil's advocate here. I I think a, a company should, and it's like, you know, yeah, the Saudi Arabians have done bad things, but it's like, so we're we not picking up anything from like sports related to China. Like, China does extremely sketchy things too. It's not like, you know, I, I why mean, are we just I, calling it the sides? Like, get them doing bad this things. Is, this but. is this is the definition of sports washing, right? That's what that's what's going on here. Yeah. But that being yeah, said, for sure, Formula One is also. Doing is also sports washing. Soccer is also sports washing. The Olympics, maybe the greatest form of sports washing, have been in, in China and Russia the past couple of years. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, yeah. at some point you got to kind of accept it for what it is. Yeah, it's sports washing, but it's also still a major event and it doesn't take away and, from and the it, fact that we're the still going to watch it. And at the end, yeah, just like you said, at the end of the day, if the viewer is watching it and, it was, and are entertained by it, like, that's how it's going to be, and it's going to be successful. So I, I think we're we're kind of on the same page there. I was just kind of playing devil's advocate on on the whole, you know, what corporation might pick it up. But it, it's just really weird and interesting. And um, also, this came out today, uh, which is just kind of ironic because it shows, you know, kind of where priorities are. So first of all, this happened a couple. Well, I guess last week. Uh, I, I'm sure you've probably seen it all over social media where to kind of try to keep up with or mask the live golf hype, um, the RBC Canadian Open now will have these sky seats, which is a table and seats of like 30 people that is lifted to the top of a crane and hangs above the dope. 18th and 9th green. I mean, that's kind of dope. It's kind of dope, but, like, who asked for this? <laughs> I mean, like, it's... On list well, of well, things I mean, that I'd like to see on a PGA Tour, this is just not on it? <laughs> yeah, like, but sure, it, it, it's cool, trying but, to do something. And, and, and kind of like we were saying with, you know, competition within tours is good. It's going to force change from the PGA Tour. It, whether it's exactly what we wanted early on, stuff's going to change, and they're yeah. going to be doing things different. And ultimately, for us, the viewer, we're going to benefit from it. Because I mean, then, sure that you know that th- the sky seats aren't you know revolutionary, and they're going to completely change the broadcast. But it's it, it's a sign that change will be made by the PGA Tour. It just seems like they're so out of touch, right? Right, like. We're like, hey, we want mic'd up caddies and um, 
less commercials and so we can literally just watch more golf and they go uh can't do that how about crane seats <laughs> okay that that's a very that's a very twitter take i mean easy I, there it's, it's also like, like we want this like who's who's you know there's not a one collective group that is just always saying we want this too like so so you're saying they can't innovate with anything like no, any no, small I, thing I, that I they innovate say like it, I, it doesn't seem like they have their priorities in order right <laughs> I mean, I don't yeah, think but this was it's not—it's not easy to completely change. Needed to be. It's just not easy to completely change a broadcast. It's a lot yeah. easier to you know no, add no, these for things. Sure, for sure. like, but they're gonna innovate small little things along the way, yeah. and you can't bash them for for trying to innovate yeah. like that. And then this was what came out today. Then um, is that uh, the first stage qualifying for Corn Ferry Q School? Either for in adjusted for inflation or for other reasons, um, instead of three thousand dollars, it is now six thousand five hundred dollars to sign up for first stage Q school for the Corn Ferry Tour. Jeez. Um. So I mean, you're on the PGA, like their whole thing, grow the game, whatever, and they've more than doubled their entry fee into first stage Q school. For corn fairy, tour. not a good look and not a good look and not good timing. Yeah, yeah, and obviously this wasn't announced. This was something that somebody found on the Q School website, but yeah. it's just like, like seriously, like uh, there's just such a disconnect. It feels like, and it it definitely feels like live golf is kind of run by a bunch of like millennials who are trying to be hip and cool, and then. PGA Tour is run by a bunch of boomers who are trying to be the millennials. Yeah, w- w- yeah, which is fair. I mean, de- definitely. So this is probably like of the live golfers PGA Tour. This is probably like round one, or you know, a couple minutes into round one. This is going to go on for quite some time. But so far, live golf's thrown thrown the bigger haymaker. So far, so 100%. far, I think they're winning the battle. A hundred percent. Even sure, with that statement from Jay Monahan and and the PGA Tour about suspending players, there, I mean, there's still so much more buzz around Live Golf, and I think they probably picked a pretty good week to do it. Right? I mean, yeah. you got yeah. you, you, opposite of of Canadian Open and week before the U.S. Open, and you're, you're kind of forcing the PGA Tour's hand at this point. And the fact of yep. the matter is the PGA Tour does not have the actual cash to keep up with this, right? I mean, so right. number five, number number two, number five, number seven, and number 10 on last year's PGA Tour PIP are all signed or going to sign with Live Golf. Which is kind of nutty. Which is I nuts mean, because is- the PIP was created – for the sole purpose of giving more money to the players. Yeah. And with those four players combined, they were able to dish out somewhere between 12 and $15 million. All said and done, when these four players all end up on Live Golf, they're getting around $400 million. <laughs> Which, yeah, it, I mean... Is it just yeah. mind-numbingly large numbers? Not to mention, uh, Tiger was offered uh, in the quote high mm. nine figures 
to go I mean, over to live, which unreal. I mean, I don't know how high in the nine figures we're talking. If we're talking a quarter of a billion dollars, but I mean, it, holy I mean, shit. are we talking half a billion? Are, are we talking over half I, a billion? Like the fact that they're throwing this much money at it, like, kind of proves that they're not in it to make any of this money back, right? They're in it exclusively for the image and for the quote-unquote sports washing idea that comes with golf, right? And yeah. it's probably going to work. It probably is. I mean, it, yeah, it probably is. Like, I mean, it, for, for Tiger, I mean, I would have been, been pretty disappointed if he, if he accepted and went over there. Because Tiger's the one guy where it's like, all right, dude, like you are by far and away the greatest golfer of all time. You're already a billionaire. Like, ease up a little bit. Just do not ruin your legacy. I would have been a little 100%, disappointed. One hundred percent. It's also not I'm like he's like he even of, playing anymore, right? Right. It, it would make no sense. Yeah. Yep. Are we kind of are we kind of good on uh, kind of good on the live golf? I know we. I, I talked, think so. Talk, talked we'll, about it for we'll a little over an end hour. Talking bit. about it. In a couple weeks, anyways, after the second event, L- listen, and probably listen, after I'm, this week, after the first event. So. Listen, now now that there are events, I'm completely cool talking about it. I'm completely t- cool about talking about actual golf. I just did not like talking about complete speculation nonstop. That's the only thing I didn't like. But now that there's actual golf and we can discuss, you know, we can discuss winners who played well, who didn't. I'm completely here to talk about it. So. Perfect. All We're right. definitely going to recap it after this first event's done. So maybe, maybe we start making picks. You know, maybe we start going picks. I was, pick. I was, I was, dude. I was just about to say that. I was like, maybe we get a a pick to win that maybe gets another point. Like just like sprinkling some blue golf. We go, too. we go, I, I don't we go hate pick. It. We go pick to win and team to win. I don't hate that at all. We'll, we'll talk about that off air, but <laughs> you know, I don't hate um, that at all. Let's move into. Uh, this week's event, which is the RBC Canadian Open, the first time that we've seen this event since 2019. So first time in three years that we're hosting it. Um, kind of sick. Uh, DJ, you told tell me this earlier about Cooch and Simpson. Yeah. So Webb Simpson and Matt Coocher, who are big sponsors of RBC, I think they're RBC are like. Wh- they're they're like top sponsors. So Webb Simpson and Matt Kuchar both can't play in the Canadian Open because they aren't vaccinated. And I'm which like, which is like I mean, sick. Uh, which is like, what are what, are we still doing this? Uh, and so like it's so this like, has just got to be the toughest week for RBC, right? Because you just lost your two big names in Dustin Johnson and Graham McDowell. Yeah, they're going to live, and you drop them as sponsored athletes. And then your two backups, you got Webb Simpson and Kucher, and they can't even play in this event. I mean, so R- if you're RBC, RBC is taking you're the just, biggest L here. You're just pissed. Yeah, you um, are not having it. I mean, four of probably your top, like, you know, six guys, seven guys that you have are not playing in your prestigious event. I mean, that is brutal. It, it's really, really tough. Um, but we did and, 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 and especially especially on the week where the live golf is starting and two guys can't play in a PJ Tour event because they're not vaccinated. Like that's it, such, that's terrible timing look. for the PJ Tour as well. That it's like, okay, I can't play because I'm vaccinated, or I could just go accept a twenty million dollar offer and play for, 
you know, a $20 million purse every week. It's just like a terrible look and terrible timing for the PGA Tour and RBC. Yep. Um, we did make picks this morning uh, before the event started. Um, yes. We won't make a huge deal out of it like we usually do and do a whole selection thing and everything, but um, you did make some picks today for, or yesterday actually, for uh, Sam Burns and Dylan Fratelli. Sam Burns to win, Dylan yes, Fratelli for yeah. the top 10. Uh, and I went with Sky Scheffler for the win. And the big dong Adam Schlong for the top ten. <laughs> so and then so this is this is Thursday night. So quick update on how they're doing. Dylan Fratelli plus, plus four today. T one sixteen. Probably not going to make the cut. Not getting top ten. Cool, whatever. And then my pick Sam Burns to win. Uh, three under three under today. Pretty solid. T nine. Um, gonna have you know. Gonna be in contention. It feels like he's playing really good golf. And uh, if he's you know. Close to the top of the leaderboard, I'm sure come Sunday he'll be he'll be in the mix. So, and then on my side we got Adam Long shot even today t44 not great but you know what can't really complain. And then Scotty Scheffler shot one under so t25 uh, again really kind of okay golf. Uh, Wyndham Clark literally uh, what happens um, but. Just, 63 from Wyndham Clark for a one-shot lead over Matt Fitzpatrick. Two-shot lead over Doug Gim and Harold Varner, who, speaking of which, Harold Varner is one of those guys that I am surprised is not over there on Live Golf right now. I kind of um, agree. He kind of seems like that guy, and especially because he won the Saudi International, and, I mean, he kind of seems like and the guy he, that he's, would He's do playing that. really good, too. He has been playing he's really playing good golf. Really That's good probably why he months. hasn't gone over, but... Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure as more and more names come out, we'll kind of have a better idea on how this shapes up. Um, right. But I, I think it's pretty safe to say that, and I don't want to go back to live golf, but it's pretty safe to say that none of the current top 10 players are going to switch over anytime soon, right? You have Scotty, John Rahm, Cantlay, Cam Smith, Morikawa, JT, Hovland, Rory, Sam Burns, and Spieth. None of those guys are going to go if, over. It, yeah, if, if any of those guys go over, I'd be shocked. I, I, and then even going on the list more, you have Billy Horschel, Xander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Will Zalatoris. And then you get to Dustin Johnson at 15, and he went over. And then you go Joaquin Neiman, Fitzpatrick, Finau, Answer. Answer would be the next guy on this list where I'd be like, okay, that makes sense for him to go. Like, you have Answer at 19, Kepka at 20, and Oosthuizen at 21. Obviously, Oosthuizen's already there, but Answer and Kepka seem like kind of the next logical guys that are top 25 in the world. Yeah, I mean, if, if one of those top 10 guys go, like guys that <coughs> we're just not expecting at all, like, like, like if, if Justin Thomas were to go over, I mean, that is... Mm. That gets okay, weird. Okay, but J- JT, no JT and Rory, JT and Rory have been the most outspoken people against this live tour. So right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I expect him to go over. I'm just saying if a guy like him did, oh my goodness, that would. I think, I think if it were to be somebody from this top ten, I, I mean, maybe you can make your pick as well. 
if it was anybody from this top 10, I, I honestly think it would probably be Cantlay. Really? I, I don't know why. Maybe he, maybe just because he, he gives it, off like Brooks uh, vibes, but he just if he knew if they came out and they said you can still play in majors and you'll get uh, OWGR points, I feel like Cantlay would be the guy to go. I feel like my guy would probably be like a like a Victor Hovland. See, Hovland feels like such a generic PGA tour tour guy. He does, but I just you know I mean it's it's. Tough pick in here. I mean, who? Yeah, you know? I mean, top, for top ten guys in the world, it's it's kind of whatever. But yeah, top ten guys are kind of all locks to yeah to, to stay. But yeah, I looking down this list, looking down this list of like a what if or what could be, if you imagine some of the teams that can be formulated, like four man teams that could be formulated, like uh, off of this list. Oh, it'd be so silly if you if you went like Sky Scheffler, JT. Sam Burns and Spieth, right? And and like they're facing off against Rom, Cantlay, Cam Smith, and Morikawa. Like that would be just such a sick thing to actually just just sit down and watch. That would right? be because so they're sweet. all duking yeah. it out for individual, and then you also have the team aspect that actually matters. And I I don't know. It, it the potential is definitely there. It's just like it, you can't get past where the source of the money is coming from. Yeah, which I don't even think that's the biggest concern. I, I, I think so. I think at least I know I'm kind of you know speaking pretty far in the future when I've only seen you know one day of it. I think that the format is there. I think the execution on their part is there. I think everything. The money's obviously there. I think everything is there. It's. The only thing that that is going to decide if this is around in five to ten years are what players are going to play in it. It I it I think it really just comes down to the players because I think once like the you know the new shiny toy of live kind of dies off and people aren't so excited about it anymore just because it's the new thing. At the end of the day, wherever the best players are at, that's what what people are going to watch. It's like the uh, the USFL. Remember when that first came out and everybody was like, oh, this is awesome. And then, like, by week three, nobody cared? I mean, I don't even think many people thought it was awesome. Like, I, whenever it, I, it came out, I was like, okay, this is like, I mean, because you know that none of the good players, like, nobody's going from the NFL to the USFL. Right. Like, nobody's going to do that. So, like, it, yeah. it was not, not even a discussion because it was like, the good players aren't going over. It, that was just, you know. On the off season of football, there is more football to watch. But they're but going to never... have to like they're going to have to consistently have more guys coming week in and week out for it to be sustainable. It can't be like they have a big surge of guys and then they, that's it, right? They're going to have to start yeah, picking yeah, yeah, off guys. Yeah. Like they're going to be okay. So we have this field, and then for for next week's event, we're going to have Wolf, Bubba, and Bryson there, and then the week after, oh, Pat Perez. Reed, Brooks, and Kokrak, and then the week after, you know, whoever, whoever, whoever. Like they gotta have, they have a gotta have a constant flow of better guys coming in in order for this, for in order for them to stay relevant, essentially. Right, right, right. Because I mean, like, it, like I said, once, once the flare wears off of it just being the new thing, it's gonna come down to where are the best players in the world playing. That's what I'm gonna watch on on you know, 
on Saturday and Sunday. Like, yep. Ultimately, that's what's going gonna come down to. Lastly, um, we will uh, kind of sign off this pod with something I discovered a couple days ago and thought was sick, and I will never call him by his middle name ever again. Mito Pereira. His name is not actually Mito. Uh, that is his middle name. I, his I, name is yeah. Guillermo. So are you going to call him Guillermo Pereira? I'm calling him Guillermo from now on. I am writing I with my guy Guillermo. <laughs> I I will get you to say Mito on the very next pod. Uh, that's probably true. But yeah, <laughs> you're you know going to forget about it and I'm going to I'm going to say who's that Pereira guy? You're going to go oh Mito. Oh, not Guillermo. Guillermo. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> Come on, you can't just ride this with me. You've been you've been Sorry. riding the Hudson I mean, you've been riding cool. the Hudson Swafford train with me. Uh, let's hop on the Guillermo train, huh? I don't want to do that because I still can't get over that golf swing on the tee box at 18 at <laughs> Southern Hills. I just, it, I, it's the only thing I think of when I see his name, and it makes me want to throw up. Uh, like, it I is the really exact bad. opposite of what I want in my golf swing. <laughs> like, it is just, it, oh, it, it actually makes me like, like cringe. Oh, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. Poor yeah, guy, but he's actually he, really good. Yeah, he's like really, really good at golf. So, so but, was Guillermo Pereira your your final take on this long episode of ninety eight percent of the to, golf to and sign off on PGA? this to sign off on this Guillermo Pereira? There you go. All right. Well, <laughs> that will that will conclude this episode of that one's OB. A um, lot of lot of live talk, um, and uh, I guess we'll you know catch you back whenever the live the first live golf ends and the RBC Canadian Canadian Open ends. So. I have a I feeling we're going to end up talking so much live again next next pod. <laughs> we are, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on the flip side. Peace. Peace. Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he out of sync. That even sounded. It, it was a tenor sound, wasn't it, Peter? Oh, oh boy, he gets really leaning on it with the lower body. That hurt. Wow. Right there.